You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome back to A Bigger Life podcast. I'm sitting here on a sunny April morning. It's a good feeling in the air as far as weather goes, sunshine goes. It's amazing how sunshine does stuff to our mood. Uh, from books I've read, it's because the light gets literally into our brain and it does something to the wiring of our brain that uh, puts us in a good place. And we're sitting here with a cup of coffee, a little mug here that I have that I use pretty much every morning. A lot of times I like to pray through snippets of psalms that I have memorized. I don't always want to hold something in my hand except my cup of coffee and look out my window and pray. And one of the psalms that I have memorized, because it's super easy to memorize if you just put your mind to it, is only six verses. And that's Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is probably the most known, the most quoted, most memorized. It's one of these psalms that for hundreds of years been quoted probably more than any other psalm by Christians. And the reason why is because it really captures, I think, the essence of who God is in the midst of our circumstances. Christians have been going to this psalm in times where they needed to see their horizontal circumstances vertically, seeing their uncertainties in light of who God is. I remember a scene back in the 90s, there was a show called ER, and there was a scene where one of the doctor's son, infant son, was in intensive care, life on the line. And he was bending over and he, he wanted to grasp onto something that would give him hope and give him comfort in this fearful time. And he just started reciting Psalm 23. But the scene was genius in the way it was written because uh, this was largely a secular doctor in, in the show. And suddenly he was turning to faith and turning to scripture at a time of need, but he didn't know the psalm. And so he he starts off reading the psalm and he gets through the first verse and then he starts struggling with the second verse and he's trying to hold on to something that would give him comfort, but it's been lost in his life because the scriptures have been lost in our culture. And there was something genius about the episode that I think shows where we are, that we come into times like this in a corona world, a virus economy, a virus health uh, concern, and we we suddenly want to think vertically, but we haven't invested in the resources to do that. That's the idea behind this podcast, is to help us suddenly reinvest in the resources of how to pray, how to come before God in our time of uncertainty. And that's that's what this psalm is. It's a psalm of David. And as I've said before, and this is true definitely with this psalm, that this is written in the context, it's written in the circumstance of fear and uncertainty. And so David is is very eloquently, poetically expressing his faith in the promise of who God is and the promise of how, because of who God is, it, it, it totally changes how he views his circumstances. What I'd like to do is just simply start praying. I don't want to spend too much time talking anymore. Uh, I want to just read a verse and then pray through that verse one verse at a time. There's only six. 
And again, this is an easy psalm to memorize if you want to. I would suggest the ESV. I just think the ESV retains a lot of the ambiguity and the poetry. And I do think it's easy to memorize for that reason. And there's only six verses. I'm going to start praying now with verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Lord, Yahweh, the I Am. You are my shepherd, not just our shepherd, not just the shepherd of a new humanity that you're, but, but, but my shepherd, just me and you, infinitely present with me because you are infinite, 100% with me, 100% focused on me without being any less anywhere else because you are infinite. As if it was just me and you in the universe, you are my shepherd. And this is obviously the, mo- the, the metaphor of a shepherd with sheep. I can trust you. I can follow you. You care for me. Your eye is on me. You love me. The Lord is my shepherd. Yahweh is my shepherd. I shall not want. I don't have to panic. Because you are the God of abundance. Doesn't mean you don't lead me in times of scarcity for the purpose of giving me more of you because you are my greatest need. You are the only one that is true and a certain promise that is everything my soul longs for. I shall not want because you are all I want in the end. You are my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Again, Lord, you are my shepherd, and you at times make me lie down when I would not choose to do so on my own. You make me have to lie down by my circumstances, but you're leading me to green pastures, pastures of abundance, pastures of plenty, pastures of satisfaction. You lead me beside still waters. Waters in the scriptures is often a metaphor for satisfaction of thirst, quenching of longings. You lead me to satisfaction. You are leading me to abundance. Even though I don't see it now, this is where you're leading me. This is what you're making me do. You're making me lie down. And you are leading me because you're my shepherd. You're my good shepherd. You're leading me to life and satisfaction. Verse 3, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You alone, the creator of my soul, are the one who restores my soul, my broken soul, my thirsty soul, my hungry and empty soul. You alone can fill You alone can heal. You alone can restore. And because you became human in the person of Jesus, became one of us to become king, to die to defeat death, and to rise from the dead so that you can restore all of us who are in Christ one day with new bodies and a fully restored soul. But even now, this side of that promise 
You work to make us lie down, to lead us, to restore our soul, to lead us to life, to lead us in paths of righteousness for your namesake. Jesus says in Matthew 5, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. It's your righteousness that we were created for. It's your righteousness that satisfies our soul, restores our life, restores our soul, restores our satisfaction, leads us to abundance. It's those who hunger and thirst for your righteousness that will be satisfied. So in your mercy, because you are our good shepherd, you're doing through our circumstances leading us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. That your name would be ultimate. Because when your name is ultimate in our hearts, our hearts truly rejoice in the glory of God. They are filled with joy at being in your presence. Verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though right now, God, I walk through the valley, this valley where I cannot see beyond, this valley where I cannot even see the horizon, I feel surrounded and can't see beyond. Even though right now I'm walking in the valley that is surrounded by the shadow of death, And it's all we have to fear is the shadow of death because that's all those in Christ have now is the shadow of death because Christ has defeated death. It's just a shadow. It's just temporary. But we will have resurrection. Our worst case scenario, no matter what happens in this life, is resurrection and eternal life with you on a restored earth with restored resurrected bodies. So we fear no evil. Even though now there is a shadow and there is a valley, ultimately we fear no evil because you are with me. You are with us, 100% walking with us, in us, through your Holy Spirit. And because you are our good shepherd, it says your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Nothing can threaten you. You have the rod and the staff of a shepherd. You can keep off wolves, keep off predators. You lead, you guide, you provide by your rod and by your staff. You're the one in control. Nothing, no one can threaten your will, threaten your plan, threaten your provision, threaten your protection. That's why you are my shepherd and your rod and your staff comfort me because I'm seeing with the eyes of faith your presence with me in the valley of the shadow of death. I can sigh with relief that I don't have to fear evil because you are with me, walking with me with your rod and staff in hand. I am comforted. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. 
I for sure am in the presence of enemies. There are all kinds of enemies. Enemies of God that are enemies of me and enemies that cause me to fear because I don't know what the the harm they will do to me or my loved ones. Or the enemies that are myriad in this virus economy that can cause real financial damage to me and those I love. I don't know the future. I don't, I don't even know what's happening in the present. But in the midst of these enemies, you prepare a table before me of abundance. You welcome me into your presence. And even in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. This is an ancient custom of care and welcome into the home. My cup overflows. You never let my cup go empty with the best wine. There's abundance in your presence. Even in the presence of my enemies, I can trust in your presence and your your table before me, even in the presence of my enemies, your table of welcome and care and abundance. Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely, certainly, goodness and mercy, your goodness and your mercy, these are the exact same Hebrew words that we looked at in Psalm 118, verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his steadfast love. That's the word for mercy here, chesed. Steadfast love shall follow me all the days of my life. Your goodness, your steadfast love, your mercy shall follow me. Again, there's billions of people in the world and you are infinitely with them as much as you are with me without being any less anywhere else. But because you are infinite, you are 100% with me and your goodness and your specific planned goodness, your specific planned mercy, your specific planned steadfast love shall follow me all the days of my life. There won't be a single day where your mercy and your steadfast love and goodness is not with me because you're my shepherd who's always with me. And I shall dwell in the house of the I am, the house of Yahweh, the house of the I am who is the source of all existence and the giver of all life and all abundance. I shall dwell in the abundance of your house. I shall dwell in the house of the I am forever. This is your metaphor in scripture of being in your presence, being in your protection, being in your abundance, in your family. Jesus says in John 14, that my father has a house that has many rooms and I'm going there to prepare one for you. To be in the house of the I am, the presence of the I am, the life of the I am, the restored earth and restored creation with a restored body and a restored soul forever, forever. It will never get boring because your glory is infinite. It will never get boring because your love, your presence, your goodness Your wisdom, your universe is abundant. Surely goodness and steadfast love and mercy shall follow me. No matter what my circumstances, as bad as they get, 
as desperate as they get. Your goodness and your mercy is with me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the worst-case scenario. And I will not live one day shorter than your mission for my life. Because your rod and your staff comfort me in the presence of my enemies. Because even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Because you are my shepherd. You're leading me into satisfaction, restoring my soul, and into righteousness for your glory so that I can share in your glory. Thank you that you are my good shepherd and that I can pray confidently before you because of Jesus, because Jesus is in me and I am in him and he is my good shepherd as he promises to be. I can trust, I can submit, I can bow and I can see through the eyes of faith. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.